still standing? Romans chapter 8. Very famous portion of scripture. Romans 8, 1. And again, from my perspective, I think Romans, the 8th chapter is probably the most powerful chapter in the entire word. When it comes to spiritual, spirituality, very, very powerful. We're just going to read the first verse. We're not going to dissect it here. But what a chapter. Do you have it? There is therefore when? Now, no. No condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after what? The Spirit. There is now, right now, no condemnation. Father, I pray for no condemnation. I pray that we would learn to receive blessings as you desire to bless us. Allow us to have an open heart and open ear. And allow my words, Lord God, to be your words to penetrate to the marrow and the asunder, Lord God, that we would learn to be a blessed people because that's what you want from us. That we would not shun away from blessings, that we would learn today, Lord God, that we can be people not only stingy in giving, but we can be stingy in receiving. We don't want to be like that, for that selfishness. We bless you, we praise you in your name. And everybody together said, Amen. Amen. Greet one another one more time, a little Lord, shake a few hands <clears throat> prior to your being seated. Praise God. Again, you perhaps were able to read the title I called on Monday to the office, and I told him, you know what, I was going to speak a sermon called Invest in the Best. I'm saving that for later on. But, uh, you know, God gave me a sermon. As soon as I got on the boat, as soon as we were there, uh, you know, it was Saturday, and I went outside, had a balcony, hey, hey, uh, real nice, the sun right there, and God began to move. God, like, told me, get a pen out, uh, get a piece of paper, here we go. And God began to give me this sermon uh, uh, on you know, and as I begin to write it, I, I begin to think, man, it's going to be Thanksgiving. And God is funny. To me, God is funny because God gave me this title. Uh, what do we eat on Thanksgiving? Turkey and pumpkin pie. And he was talking to me about Peter, which I want to bring out to you right now in just a little bit. And so I thought, Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater. Had a wife and couldn't keep her. Hallelujah. It goes on to say all those things. So I came up with a title. And so I called and I said, listen, change the title. It's not going to be investing the best. It's going to be Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater. Because I want you, us to be able to put our name, Steve, Steve, Pumpkin Eater. Preach it. Uh, we're going to be dealing here this morning with the overabundance of God. Okay, the, you know, the lavishness of the Lord. Of the way he blesses. When God blesses, he don't fool around. He knows what he's doing. And it's always for a purpose. As long as our motives are correct and right and pure, God's going to bless you. Big time. Matter of fact, that's one of Dick Mills' favorite saints. Big time. Receive your blessings big time. Because uh, Dick knows. He's been he's hitting 80-some years old already. And again, he wears a suit with what? Tennis shoes. And he's 80-some. Uh, powerful, powerful guy. Uh, uh, what if he's still wearing tennis? I guess he still is. Uh, well, he wears those loafers now. I think he wears those loafers sort of like, you know, they wear in the neighborhood. What do they call those? Uh, hushies, hush puppies or whatever. Uh, he wears neighborhood hush puppies with his suit, huh? so he can run around and act sane, praise God. So, you know, we're going to be dealing here with the blessings of God. It says there is now therefore no more condemnation. And we can take that word to mean no more guilt as well. There's no more guilt to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Now, I recognize that there are some ministers and some ministries that take this faith and blessing business, in a sense, too far. A little too much. Name it and claim it. 
Oh, there should be no poverty. Oh, there should be all, how, how dare you, brother? You know, don't confess it. There's some people that I believe, they take it a little too far. A little too much, you know. Oh, brother, no, 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 no. You know, I said it before, there's nothing wrong with welfare for four months. But nothing wrong. That's a good start. I mean, God is a God of process. Christianity is a process of progress. You can't become that overnight. Man, if, we, if God dropped a million dollars on our lives, most of you would be gone. I have to tithe. How much is a million? Oh, my God. Ah, right. Some of you couldn't handle that warfare. Wouldn't be able to do it. So it's a process of progress. That's what Christianity is all about. Uh, now, you know, many of us, okay, ministries like ours and people like ourselves, we can have a heavy tendency to go too far to the other side. Again, there's some ministers and ministries that I think are too far. Too far to one side, you know, name it and claim it, brother. But then there's ministries sometimes, and especially people like us, they can have a tendency because we never had nothing. Pastor Kelly used to have a saying, and who's gone on to be with the Lord, the boy never had it so good. Uh, you ever hear some of Pastor Kelly's tapes who's gone on to be with the Lord? The boy never had it so good. Could he be talking about you, George? Sure he could, hallelujah. I know you. I know who you were. Oh, here we go. Red car, red shirts. Hallelujah. Huh? Boy never had it so good. Maybe I should just preach here today, hallelujah. <laughs> uh, Praise God. We don't know how to handle blessings. We're the other way around. We don't know how to take in the blessings. Uh, not at all. Do mainly to our past. But see, my friend, we are not to feel guilty when God blesses us. There is now, therefore, no more guilt feelings. There's no more condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. But many of us get like that. See, many and most of us feel guilty when we're under the great blessings of God. And thus, my friend, we don't know how to handle God's blessings. Uh, we feel guilty, you know, if, if all of a sudden, you know, we, we have this and we have that. And, you know, even, ooh, I got a new suit, but I don't know when I should wear it. I, I don't know. Wear it to work. You know, can put that thing on. If God blesses, you know, go on. God don't bless no mess, and he don't bless for you to look like a mess. Uh, I mean, learn how to do, but a lot of us, we, we don't know how to handle that. The blessings of God. See, no condemnation means not to feel guilty. Get to know how to handle God's blessings. Look at John 13, beginning in verse 3. A lot of, lot of Bible today. Last time I preached two weeks ago, we have covered a lot of Bible. We're going to cover a lot of Bible here today as well. We're going to look at the life of Peter. Peter, Peter was never a pumpkin, not always a pumpkin eater. He didn't know how to handle God's blessings. Uh, do you have John 13? Beginning in verse 3. I waited a little bit longer, so I'm still turning. A lot of Bible here today, again. So you've got to keep your Bibles handy. John 13, beginning in verse 3, says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. How many things? All. Everything belongs to your Father. And that he was come from God and went to God. He rises from supper. Uh, they were eating. Probably a lot of pumpkin pie. And later saw his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he had, was girded. Then comes Peter, Simon Peter, and Peter says to him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter says unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Uh, in other words, no part, so deep part. 
Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but okay, then my hands and my head and everything. Okay, okay I can fall. Uh, then, then, then wash me, all of me. See, Peter, and I've preached on this scripture before. Jesus in verse 8 almost tells him, listen, Peter, I've had about enough of you. That's what he tells him. It's now or never. Uh, yes, I love you, but it's now or never. Listen, Pete, you're either going to get this thing or be gone with your bad old self. Then go back to fishing. Get, get, get back over to the, the same old, same old existence. But if you want to be a part of me, Peter, uh, then let, let, let me call the shots. Blessed is that disciple, Matthew eleven six, that is not offended in me. Let me call the shots, Peter. I know what's good for you. Amen. See, Peter didn't know how to receive a blessing. He was from the hood. <laughs> Peter hung out over there, you know, and the fish, you know, that's the news, you know, didn't bathe too much. Uh, and Jesus wants to wash his feet. Uh, Peter, man, your feet smell like fish, Peter. Uh, it's not just for your benefit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Peter, you've been walking in the hood too long, Pete. Uh, <laughs> Aye, aye, aye. Uh, but he didn't want that. He told Jesus, never, no. And so what Jesus is saying here, and in the Greek, I've studied it. It's a big implication. He's saying, Peter, if I don't do this, then uh -uh, I will have nothing to do with you no more. It's over for you. That's why a lot of us, when we come into Christianity, you never, some of you even here, this could be maybe your last sermon that God's going to deal with you. And if you say forget it, wow, because I know a lot of people that are out there. I was just thinking of some people that were here with us when we first started years ago. And where they're out there spinning their wheels, mere existence again. And they had a call of God upon their lives. And I pray for them and say, God, could they come back? Yes, they probably could, but it's, it's difficult for them. And so Jesus is saying here, Peter, then if you don't let me do what I want to do, if I'm not going to call a shot in your life, then Peter, then I already know your heart, then forget about it. It's over. Scissors time. I'm cutting you loose. It's heavy when Jesus cuts you loose. But that's what's going to happen here. That's what the Greek implication says there. Jesus is going to cut him. He's going to be turned over to his own lust. He's going to be, you know, uh, you know given over to Satan. But thank God Peter stayed. Uh, and he tells Jesus, uh, never and no way. Not at all. He didn't want him to just uh, wash his feet. He felt guilty and super undeserving. That's what, that's what he felt. He felt guilty. No, no, you can't be doing this to me, Jesus. Now, for one, Jesus was getting super fed up. With Pistol Pete. That's what he was. And again, scripture points to this fact. Because God could have cut him totally loose. Peter would have been history. You would have never heard about him no more. Now we read about him all over in the Bible. Because he did learn how to repent. And he did learn how to receive the God's blessings. See, because the root of this reaction by Peter was pride and selfishness. I want to prove it to you in a little bit, okay? The root reaction... To him not wanting to receive the blessings of God was pride and selfishness. And a lot of times we don't understand that, but that's a fact. When we say, no, no, I'm okay. Especially people like us that, that grew up, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but it goes both ways. I'll prove it to you right now. But, but us that grew up with, with nothing. And all of a sudden God wants to bless us. And, no, 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 I'm all right. You're talking to people, you need Jesus, you need, you need to come to church. No, no, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Proud and selfish. I mean... We got guys rotting away in the hole, my friend, in, 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 in prison right now. I'm okay. I'm going I'm to be all right. Que viva. Que viva what? The bars? The bricks? I'm okay. 
And we don't want God to bless us. God wants to get us out of all that madness. And we need to understand that. But I'm all right. That's selfishness. We all need the Lord and his blessings. See, Peter was unable to handle the blessings of God correctly. He, he, he didn't know how to do it. Uh, come on, he was telling God, no, 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 don't, don't bless me. God wants to bless you. He's in the blessing business. We've been covering that. Uh, but Peter didn't know how to receive. We can all identify with Peter. No, I'm all right. I, 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 I'm going to be okay. I'll be, I'll be fine. I'm, I'm going to hit the lottery one day. <laughs> I feel it. You know, or, or I'm going to get a raise. Or I'm, I'm going to be okay, you know. Let God love you. If he wants to wash your feet, let him head on. He wants to lavish your life with his goodness. But we can't be like Peter. No, 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 no. You'll never do that to me, Jesus. Why not? Then if you don't want me to bless you, then head on down the ramp. Because I'm going to find other people that I want to bless. Because God is in the blessing business. Now look at John 21. We're going to look at Pistol Pete's life again. That was John 13. But look at him again as John depicts him. John, who was the beloved disciple, was always Peter, James, and John. So here's John talking about Peter. He brings out a lot about Peter, and that's for a reason. John uses Peter's life a lot because he knew him well. Matter of fact, let me, let me just throw this one in. Remember when, when, when Peter denies Jesus? Remember that? Uh, and then he's there warming himself by the fire with the little servant girl. And the little girl goes, you with a Nazarene. No, I wasn't. Shut up. <laughs> Running nose, snivels, nose, little girl. You don't know. The little girl does it again. It has to be three, three times. You're reading John almost three times, three times, three times. God has to come to him three times. Uh, the little girl, yes, you were. You, you, you speak like a Nazarite. No, 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 I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. Uh, you're like a Galilean. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Shut up. Finally, the third time the Bible says he cussed the little girl. I'm going to check out that video when I get to heaven. He goes on a beater. Look at this. Talking all this, all this trash. Dumb stuff. And he just blew it. Uh, but do you know who told? Who could have said what happened? Because Peter and the little girl were the only ones there. Peter had to learn. Peter just stitched on himself. Peter's the one that told John. That's why John could, John could see this. Man, you, you know what? He's humbled himself. He's learned. Nobody would have ever found that out unless he would have told on himself. That's how humble the man got. And I'm going to prove it to you in just a little bit. But look at John 21. Beginning in verse 3 again. Simon Peter says unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. I'm going to go on, but let me just tell you something about leadership here. Okay? This guy was a leader. Peter the leader. Peter the leader, the pumpkin eater. Okay? Because there, Jesus has already been, you know, he doesn't know that he's resurrected yet. He doesn't know that he's ascended yet. So what, what is happening here is, you know, Jesus has been crucified, so they don't know what to do. So Peter says, I'm, I'm going to go back to my old ways. I'm going to go back to, I'm going to go fishing again. And so the other guys, hey, we'll go with you. Because he was the leader. When you're a leader, you better know what you're doing. Because if you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna, people are going to follow you no matter what. Even if it's the wrong thing, they're going to follow you. So learn to do the right thing. Okay, Spike Lee? Learn to do the right thing. Because people are going to follow you no matter what. So he made a mistake. If he makes a mistake, a leader makes a mistake, the rest of the people make a mistake. That's why everything rises and hinges on leadership. Let's go on, verse 4. But when the morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus says unto them, Children, have you any what? Fish or meat? They answered him, No. Uh, they needed a blessing. And he said unto them, Cast the net to the right side of the ship, and you shall find 
They cast therefore, and now they were able to draw. They were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Multitude, multitude. Lavishness. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, said unto Peter, It's the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and had cast himself unto the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubit, dragging the net with fishes. And as soon as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, and yet was not the net broken. Jesus said unto them, Come and what? Come and dine. And other disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. See, Jesus here again is taking good care of Peter and the disciples. He's saying, Come and dine. Come on, Pete. It's Thanksgiving. Time to lay out the table. Fish and pumpkins and all that good stuff. Dressing and turkey. They didn't have nothing, but they didn't have nothing in them. But Jesus doesn't want to treat them like Jesus wants to take care of his disciples. He wants to take care of his people and he wants to show them how to. I mean, there's so much scripture here how Jesus and Peter, he's always feeding Peter. Always taking care of Peter. Uh, I can identify with that. I mean, you know, I come a long way. I come from a real small town. I mentioned before. It wasn't just a town when I was growing up, not a city. It's a city now. Uh, how would I have never known that I'd be getting in planes? Uh, four and a half hours this way, three hours this way. I get in on a boat. With a balcony, no less now, you know. Receiving a sermon from the Lord. Oh, Jesus. Uh, man, but that's what God wants to do. I'm just your representative. I'm, your, I'm, the, hey, I'm the pastor here. But God wants to bless all of us. If it'll start here, it'll go work its way down. Even if you're a little toy, you're going to get blessed. Ah, because God's in the blessing business. Uh, and, he, and he tells Peter, he's teaching Peter how to receive the blessings. Because Peter didn't know how. I can be your representative because I've been there and didn't do that. I didn't, I, you know, no, no, I'm okay. I w- I'd be the first to say that. Stupidity. And ignorance, both. Uh, I know the difference. I was not only ignorant of God's blessings, I was stupid of his blessings. No, 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 I'm okay. All right, then. Listen, the sooner you learn the principle that I'm talking about here, the sooner you're going to get blessed. Uh, God blesses big time. And we need to understand that. Uh, he was teaching Peter how to receive God's blessings. Look at Acts 10. A lot of scripture. I'm getting close to closing already. Acts 10, beginning in verse 9. Peter again. And it has to do with food again. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Food and fat blessings. When God was giving me the sermon, he just kept taking me to Peter eating. Peter and the food. Acts 10, beginning in verse 9. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh into the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he came very what? Hungry. And would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. And saw heaven opened and certain vessels descending unto him. As it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners. That has significance, but I'm not going to cover that. And led down to the earth. 
wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, There he is again. Let's go learn. Peter, come on, hombre. What are you going to learn? Peter, get with it, bro. I want to bless you. All them things, head on, Peter. Eat them. No. Uh, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Ay, ay, ay. And the voice spoke unto him again the second time. What God hath cleansed, that let no man call common. Uh, that's including people that were on drugs. When God cleanses you, you're not common anymore. This was done three times, and the vessel will recede up again unto heaven. Now, when Peter doubted, well, I'll stop right there. See, it all has to do with Peter, okay, the eater, or the non-eater, if you will, and fat blessings of God. See, at one time, Peter, Peter, okay, was not always the pumpkin eater. Not always. But God is discipling him. God is teaching him, like he's doing with us, that he wants to bless our lives. More often than not, Peter, okay, he didn't know how to receive God's blessings. And again, much of this has to do with pride and with selfishness. See, and when you're proud and when you're selfish, God's not going to bless you. He, he won't do that. He'll just keep his blessings away from our lives because of our pride and our selfishness. We can do it on our own. See, many of us are proud to remain poor and poverty-stricken. I'm okay. It's all right with me. It's no problem. But God wants to teach us, as he taught Peter, how to receive his blessings. See, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And God wants to give us things to be thankful for. How else can you thank God if you don't have nothing? If you don't have nothing, then you, you can't say thank God. So God wants to bless your life. In order for you to be able to reach out and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Again, if you remember a few Sundays ago when I preached here, I talked about Genesis chapter 2 where, where the Bible says, God chose the Jewish people to bless their lives in order for them to bless others. That's why God wants to bless you. Not just for your fat old self, I mean your bad old self. Uh, but because he wants to make you a blessing to others. He says, I chose the Jewish people to bless them that they could bless others. I chose Victor Outreach to bless them that they could bless others. That's the reason why he wants to bless our lives. Uh, now, look at Luke 6.36. I read it before, but I want to read it again. And I want to teach you something here. Now, you can get ready for pumpkin pie. A la mode. Okay, a la mode. Not, not just pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie how? A la mode. Get some ice cream with it. Ah, why not? Sugar-free. With three cherries on top. Ah. Luke 6, 36. 37 38. It says, Be therefore merciful, and your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you won't be condemned. Condemn not. In other words, there's that word... There is no more condemnation, no more guilt feelings when God wants to bless you. Forgive and it shall be forgiven. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured unto you. Now, you got to stay with me here. In the world of business, there's a term called supply and demand. You've heard of that? I mean, if there's a... There's a demand for something, so there has, to, there has to be a supply to meet that demand. If you were ever on drugs, you know what I'm talking about. You businessman, you. Huh? 
I mean, you know, if they need fans, hey, then somebody's going to be making fans because they want to make some money. All right, that's in the business world. Due to the law of supply and demand, we need to be very cautious and precautious regarding our supply, regarding our production. Stay with me. In other words, if you're going to be a shrewd businessman, you're going to make some money, you have to be very cautious that you don't overproduce. Because if you make too much, you're going to run yourself out of business. There's not enough demand for that product. Okay? So you'll run yourself out of business. What Jesus is teaching here is the total opposite of supply and demand, of overproduction. He's saying, overproduce. That's what he's saying. He's saying, when I do something, he says, I don't even think about supply and demand. I overproduce. Because I'm God. You can't tell me what to do. The law of supply and demand, <laughs> fool you with you. Don't even bother me. Don't even move me. Uh, uh, I know what kind of businessman I am. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a top businessman. I make plenty. Uh, cuando yo como, hallelujah. Uh, when I drink, everybody drinks, God says. The new wine, hallelujah. Uh, when I eat pumpkin pie, everybody eats pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie on the house, a la mode. For everybody to go around. Uh, God runs a great cruise ship, hallelujah. Someday you'll know what I'm talking about. Someday you'll know what I'm talking about. All right. Hallelujah. Uh, production. Uh, see, that, that's what God does. Uh, that's not wise when it comes to business tactics, but God doesn't care. See, he, he, he overproduces. Here in Luke 16, Christ is telling us, so what to the loss? Because he does uh, the things opposite. He says, he says, I own all the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. With Jesus, Luke 16 says, when it comes, my friend, uh, and, and he's talking, you got to see, the products that he produces here is meekness, non-judgmental, okay, no condemnation, forgiveness, and, and finances. These are his products. That's what Luke 16 is saying. His products, meekness, and not judging, and not condemning, Forgiving and giving of finances. He says, you know what he tells us? When it comes to those things, Christians, overproduce. Just do it. Go for it. Overproduce. You can't love enough. Uh, love them and love them on purpose. Just go out and forgive and forgive and forgive. To the seventh power. You algebra freaks. A day. A day. Just overproduce that stuff. Because uh, the world needs a lot of love. Uh, if you want to forgive, if you want to be meek, be meek. Uh, without end. Uh, don't be judgmental at all. Just let it go. But my brother hurt me. He did. No. Just shrug it off like a mallard with water. Just let it go, Pastor. Just let it go. It's okay. It's okay. I forgive you. It's okay. Uh, when it comes to money, give, 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 give. Just give. Overproduce. Uh, because you can't beat God's giving, no matter how you try. He says, when it comes to Christianity, the sign of a genuine Christian is a word called generosity. That's how they can spot. That's how they can spot us. See, that's what he's talking about. God wants to bless people through you and I, through his channels of blessings. He'll use us, those that are willing to bless the rest of the world. 
He wants to lavish us, you and I, with overabundance of his products, meekness, all these things, uh, so that we in turn can show a needy world his lavish heart. That's what he wants. Because he's got a big heart, a lavish heart. Um, he'll even overinvest. That's the generosity of God. He'll overinvest. He'll do that to you. And he won't leave you alone. He's been after you all your life because he wants to overinvest in you. Now, to most businessmen, they can't overinvest because they're going to lose their business, not God. He'll overinvest. He'll follow you to jail. He'll follow you to the streets. He'll follow you to prison. He'll follow you anywhere you go. He'll follow, he'll follow you to, to, if you're going to be the mayor, he'll follow the mayor. Because he loves everybody. He, he'll over, he wants to overinvest in your life. He's done it in my life. I, I've told you before, when God does something, he does it lavishly. I was driving one time from, from Seattle to Yakima. And you know, Seattle's a big investment, big. About three million people. Finally, we got out of the city. A lot of lakes, but man, does God produce trees. <sighs> I mean, there's, there's trees. There's, man, a lot of trees. Yesterday, I flew over the Caribbean. Man, does God produce water. <laughs> he overinvests. Now, someday you're going to need it because Lenny's going to be following you. <laughs> got to get away from that guy. Uh, I mean, we went and tried to get away from the church, and there we, you guys are, represented by Lenny. Uh, after us. Ay, ay, ay. Hey, God will bless you with a whirlwind, the Bible says. Uh, God wants to bless your life, and we need to understand that. Uh, overproduced, generosity. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. You know what that means? In the business world, it's a win-win situation. What they used to do back then, they didn't have pockets. They used to have long, long garments. that they would. You know, I, I used to do this when I picked lemons. Uh, what we used to do, we used to have this little thing that would buckle here. Anybody ever pick lemons? Just me. Anybody, okay. Let me give you a lemon picking thing here. Hey, lemon picker, you. Uh, uh, we had this little thing like a garment here, and you flipped it and you buckle it here, and man, you just and you had to put them in there. You had to put them in there. And once you had them, then you go over to the to the barrel thing right here, and then drop it and get back. We we were fast for about the first two. <laughs> then after that, we were, you know we're youngsters. That was for our school clothes. <sighs> So I won't be so hip this year. I don't care, you know. <laughs> okay, you know. I, but that's what they used to do back then. They used to wear a long garment tied with a girt, girt, with a with a uh, with a belt-like thing here. Big old thing. And what they would do is is they would come and they would fold it, make it like a big pocket, and they would put you know the, the walnuts, whatever they were producing in here, and they would they would get it. Well, at the end of the of the harvest season. But the, uh, 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 the main workers would come to the boss, to the master. And what the master would do, because it had to be a win-win equation, a win-win situation, because he knew that next harvest is going to need them again. So what he would do is he would, and he'd pull out all kinds of wheat for them. Uh, then, he, he says, if he was a good master, a good father, then he'd push it down, press down. Uh, and he'd put up some more. Then he'd shake it together. Make more room. Press down, shake it together. <laughs> Abundance means coming apart at the seams. Hey, things are not always as it seems. <laughs> uh, so they would shake it. Press down. And then he'd pour all kinds more. 
Then you know what else did he do? Then he put it all over the guy's hair. Put it all over him. Just all drip it. And say, take it home. Because he wanted to make sure that this guy would work for him good the next harvest. Because he's a good master, a good boss. And that's what God wants to do for our lives. Uh, he doesn't want to just bless. He wants to bless, bless big time. Press down. Shaking together. Running over. Put it in your hair. Everything, you know. All in your pie, everywhere. Just now go home blessed. You know. You know. But get home there. Look what my master did for me. That's what he wants to do for you and I. Ah, press down, shaking together, running over. The laborer is worthy of his hire. God gives a treasure of a measure. A treasure of a measure. He wants the rest of the world to see us blessed. See, what God is getting at is really that, you know, the outstanding, the distinct quality of a believer is to be generosity. Do you hear me? That's what he's trying to get at here. The distinct quality of a, of a believer should be generosity. We should be generous just like he's generous. See, generous is the ability to receive and to give lavishly. Receive and to give. That's what generosity is. The ability to receive and to give lavishly. Again, this always helps stamp out selfishness. Uh, it does. It helps stamp out selfishness. When you're able to receive and you're able to give. That stamps out selfishness. Selfishness means this. Look at this. Selfishness means the inordinate concern for ourselves. Inordinate means unordinary. Uh, it means not right. It means ill measure. In other words, when we're just concerned for ourselves, that's not right. That's inordinate. It's not Christian-like to just want to think about yourself. And selfish people just always want to be in control. They want to be secure. No, I can't afford to do this because then I suffer. Then I ain't got mine. No, then you ain't got faith. You want to hoard everything? My name is Jimmy and gimme, gimme, gimme. You got to give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Uh, but an inordinate concern for yourself, that's selfishness. It's not ordinary to be like that. That's not a real Christian. Real Christians are not a concern. Yes, they got to learn how to receive, but they also got to learn how to give. Uh, it's fearful that there won't be enough for yourself. That's selfishness. And fear is the opposite of faith. See, we want to be in control over, over our others, over ourselves, and even over God. Over God. Uh, that's selfishness. We can even become, listen to this, as I close, I'm going to close right now, but listen to this. We can even become selfish, stingy receivers. Not stingy givers, stingy receivers. Uh, but like Peter, we become stingy receivers. Peter didn't want to give, receive. We can be, oh, he's stingy because he never gives. But you can become a stingy receiver. That's the opposite. He never wants, no, no, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm all right, I'm all right. No, you're not, you're selfish. You're not okay. God wants to make you okay, 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 okay. Not just okay. So how does, listen to this. How does God get rid of your selfish, your selfishness of stingy receiving? By and large, some people, he, they'll withhold, he'll take. No, no, I'm going to teach you how to receive by not giving you. No, the way he gets rid of you, you're not being able to give, he gives you more. Uh, it's the law of multiplied returns. Press down, shaking together. Until you finally learn, my God, I got enough. Well, then give it away. I got it. Well, give some. That's how he'll do it. 
God doesn't work like everybody else. If you're a codo, if you're a tight, watch, stingy, he'll give you more sometimes. That's what he'll do. So he'll find you the point and place. In other words, he, he loves you so much. My God, he loves me, he loves me, he loves me. That's how I got saved. I was the first to say, I'm okay. I was not okay until I came in to a victory church and I felt the powerful love of God in my life. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Love me, love me. I'm at the end of my rope. And boy, did he love me. Wow. I overdosed on love. I shook everybody's hand twice. Love lifted me, and I'm going to lift you when nothing else could. Love. That's how he does it. That's how he gets rid of selfishness. Through an overabundance. First Peter chapter 1. And I'm done. It even rhymes. We got to. We gotta finish with Peter here. Peter learned. Peter learned. I pray that we do. First Peter chapter one. Verse two. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be what? Multiplied. The law of multiplied blessings. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord. Verse 3. Which according to his what? Abundant mercy. Second Peter. Second Peter. Now. Second Peter chapter 1. Talks there about the abundance of God. Verse 3. According to his divine power which has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and goodness. All things that pertain unto what? Life and goodness. Godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Whereby we are given unto abundant, great, or exceeding great and precious promises. Peter uses the word abundant. Exceeding great. Because he learned the purpose. He learned that he could be Peter, Peter, the pumpkin eater. He learned the life of abundance. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Uh, we need to understand that. You need to, you know, become the Christian that's going to have your, your, your pocket. I'll say, okay, God, hit me. More. I can do it. Because he wants to bless your life. Yes, we have stingy givers, but we also have stingy receivers. Don't be a stingy receiver. Because that's selfish, just being a stingy non-giver. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Peter learned.